Hello and welcome to the Diz Unplugged email edition for Wednesday, April 16th. My name is John Magi. I am your host for this week's show. Uh, Pete Werner is still in California, still enjoying himself, we hope. Uh, I'm joined by our Orlando team, Bob Varley, Julie Martin, Corey Martin, and Kevin Close. And Will Perry is here with us again. Will is actually working the controls today. He's actually got the big chair. He's the pilot. He is. Fasten your seatbelts. Take me to the pilot. So uh, let's get started and let's get into some emails. Who wants to go first? Me. Er (laughs) (laughs) It's either Julie or the frog. (laughs) (laughs) We'll let Kevin go first. I was one. Okay. Mine is from Laura and Laura is in New York, Buffalo, New York. Laura says, I was wondering if you at the round table knew whom, as in which princesses, all the castles belong to in at the, par- at the parks. I know Walt Disney World is Cinderella Castle, but was wondering about California, Paris, Tokyo, and Hong Kong. You guys are absolutely amazing, especially Bob. What? Since I'm studying to be a speech pathologist, and I love analyzing his <laughs> speech <laughs> accent throughout oh, the podcast. God. Lots of fun. Speech pathology. I didn't realize it was a disease. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Does, she people, loves you. People get paid to do this thing? To try and figure you out? Me? Yeah. Not that's, enough. That's what she's doing. She's trying to figure out your your accent, where it's from. Okay. How's well, she doing? I, I'm. You know I have a flat piece of paper here in front of me, so I'm going to say okay. Uh, she's Tink 576 on the boards, and she wants to know about the, the princess castles. Uh, as you said, Walt Disney World is Cinderella. Tokyo Disneyland's castle is also also belongs to Cinderella. She has a second home in Asia. Uh, Disneyland California, Hong Kong, and Paris are all belong to Sleeping Beauty. That's because she's better than Cinderella. <laughs> she has more real estate. That's, <laughs> that's right. And in so. Paris, the name of the castle is Le Chateau de Belle de Bois Dormant. Boy, am I glad I didn't get that one. The house of the girl in the sleeping woods. Excellent. Laura, I hope that answers your question. There's only two princesses that own castles. Seems odd, doesn't it? Seems like there should be more. Well, we were just discussing this. I think those are the princesses. However, Julie does not believe that Cinderella is really a princess to start with. She becomes a princess. Well, it's through marriage. Yeah. The only one that was born a princess is Sleeping Beauty, right? And that's why she's better? Yes. <laughs> better blood. Is that why she has more castles? Because she has more money. Oh. <laughs> She's older. Okay. <laughs> She's older. Thank you, Kevin. Who wants to go next? I do. Judy. Mine's from Chris Taylor in Buchanan, Michigan. Is there any place in Disney World to get some fine jewelry? Looking for a 25th anniversary gift for my wife while we are there in June. Yes. Um, most of my suggestions are going to be in Epcot in the World Showcase, but there are a few others outside. Um, first, there's China. They have beautiful jade, coral, and crystal jewelry. Um, most of it's going to be gold, so depending on what you like, um, you may want to go somewhere else. But the 25th anniversary is the silver anniversary. And in my opinion, the best silver jewelry would be in Norway. It's absolutely gorgeous. It's by Hasla, and there are several others. The UK has Kit Heath Celtic Jewelry, which is also silver. You could go to Italy. They have Venetian Glass Jewelry by San Lorenzo and Antica Morina. I actually own a piece of that from Venice. I love my necklace. Thank you, Corey. <laughs> and then there's Germany where they have Swarovski, Swarovski Crystal Jewelry. And then, of course, Japan where you have the Mikimoto Pearls. Um, that's going to be your most expensive store, by the way, Chris. Hello. 
<laughs> um, there's also uh, Downtown Disney. Um, at the World of Disney, the Villains Room, they have a selection of jewelry there. Most of this is going to be Disney-themed, so depending on you know, whether or not you're looking for something like that, you may want to stay away from there. And then, of course, at the Magic Kingdom, the Uptown Jewelers on Main Street, USA. If you were looking to do the pearl thing at Disney, at Epcot, you could also take her there and have her pick a pearl. Yeah, but that's only $14. This is a 25th anniversary However, uh, gift. However, the setting <laughs> can be as fancy as you like. <laughs> right. Picking out a, a, a pair of pearls and then having them made into it with a silver setting would also be Yeah, nice. but hopefully you get the same color. Okay, like, forget it, Chris. <laughs> Never mind. It's a bad idea. Well, just saying, because they have pink, white, and black. What if you get a pink one and a black one? Keep going. They're only $14. <laughs> do, do all those per, uh, oysters have pearls in them? Yes. They're guaranteed to have a pearl in them. And there's been a great deal of discussion. Are they live or are they dead? Are you actually killing an organism when you pick a pearl? And it's my understanding that the pearls are, the, the, the oysters are not alive. As they come shipped in formaldehyde. <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. So they, they killed them off-site? Yes, they have a, an oyster killer. <laughs> no, they can't do it on-site. No yeah. oyster has ever died on Disney property. <laughs> that's, that's, right. Right. that's right. Except at the buffets. But that's a, whole, yeah, thing that's a whole thing. Well, not every oyster contains a pearl. These are known to contain pearls, and they are not living organisms at the time you pick them. So I you should were alive. <laughs> oh, that's a lot. I know. So you shouldn't feel any guilt. Please make the oyster I stop hope. screaming. However, oh. <laughs> the oyster did die at one time, so you could do this. It you're just not causing it at that moment. Right. They kill I hope that makes, right, well, make it <laughs> for those of you who may have anxiety about killing oysters. <laughs> right. Um, Somebody I, else killed them for you <laughs> for fourteen bucks. But they did die for your enjoyment. Yes. So there. Maybe they died of natural causes. Elderly oysters. Maybe. Yeah. Or they fell downstairs or something. I hope those are some good ideas for you, Chris. I hope you find a good gift. <laughs> we do too. Stay away from the pearls. <laughs> who wants to go next? I will. Hi. <laughs> Corey put his hand up and Bob jock blocked them. I have one from CV Workout in Little Rock, Arkansas. Uh, they're saying this is a response to last week's podcast about the Disney Nature Preserve. I've been. The person says that I've been there and I I did see a few birds, including an eagle, and the lake was nice. However, I think if you are looking for that natural experience, a much more interesting place is Blue Springs State Park, which is near Orange City. It is a clear water spring that is a refuge for manatees in the winter. There are a lot, also lots of water birds and live oak trees dripping with moss. I don't know if that's a good thing, but uh, the water is blue and clear, and you can easily see manatees swimming around. I don't think the tourists have found out about this place because most of the people I saw there were locals. Um, and he mentions that it only costs about $5 per car to enter, and it's about an hour drive from Disney World. So CV Workout, we appreciate that added uh, bit of information. And I do believe my wife, Diana, has t- taken people over there to see the manatees. Blue Spring State Park is yeah. really beautiful. I've, had, I've gone swimming you can swim in the spring. It's it's crystal clear. Mm-hmm. I mean, most it's, of the lakes in Florida are, are not clear. So. It's very very clear. They do allow people to wear swim fins, however, like 
swimming fins. Okay. And if you get near the bottom, you can cloud it up a little bit. Yeah. But it is a, it's a naturally fed uh, spring. Hmm. And it is one of the refuges um, when the weather gets cold in Florida, the manatees have to come someplace where the water's warmer. Yeah. And the natural spring water coming out is warm. warm enough for them to enjoy their winters there. Now, keep in mind that... If you're here in the summer, you're not going to find them there. That's only I <laughs> they're missing. They, no, they go well. They they go as far north as Georgia. I yeah. believe some have even been found up as far as Virginia. But if you're here during the winter months, and that's like November through March, you, you'll probably find manatees in the spring. However, they are an endangered species, and they're protected. And you are not allowed to really go near them. It's more of a look, don't touch kind of thing. Yeah, they're pretty poor big. sea cows. Yeah, they're big too. I mean, they. They can, uh, they can get as big as like a minivan. Yeah. So one of the things about Central Florida is people don't realize uh, what, what where Walt Disney World is, where uh, Orlando is. It's very highly concentrated population, but all you have to do is go a half hour to forty five minutes in any direction, and you you get into old Florida, as they say, and it's swampy and and a lot of nature preserves. We went up to what was it Ponce de Leon Park. Um, there's a natural spring up there, and that's one of those places that the locals love. And it's one of those place. things where it's a natural spring, but they've literally built metal gates. Mm. So they've cordoned off a swimming area so you get to swim in the natural spring without having to deal with any of the flora and fauna coming in. They also have something up there, and it's something that I can't really do a full report on because I don't have any of the 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 details to give. But you, there's a restaurant up there that's in an old grist mill. And you can make your own breakfast. Each table has a grill in the middle of it. And you buy a pitcher of batter. And you make your own pancakes. I do not think John and my mother have ever laughed so hard in their entire... It's the freaking thing we ever did in Isn't that where you wanted to take us? I do. I think it would be a great field trip someday. It has to be done early in the morning. And it's a... It's a pain to find. It's not like I can tell you take a left off the highway. Yeah. It's really kind of you have to have specific directions. So I don't feel like I can tell, tell people how to get there. Yeah. But I, I literally didn't think John was breathing that day. <laughs> he was laughing so hard. Well, you sit down at this table and there's a griddle in the middle and the woman comes over and tries to explain it to you. And I look down and there's a plug. And he turned to her and I said, when do we plug the table in? <laughs> and if you order, like if you order eggs... They bring you out a bowl with two eggs in it. In the shell. In the shell. And like you crack it on your table and, and cook you it cook it all yourself. I, I mean, it's ridiculously low priced and... Sounds fun. It is. It, it was it's, a lot it's of fun. It's very fun, but it's... This is how the settlers cooked, I think. Except for the plug. <laughs> Except for the electricity. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you, Bob. Corey, you had your hand up before. Yeah, I have one from Tara. TSW Jan 78 on the board. She has a question for me and Julia about Aquatica. Can you just expand a little on the kids' area at Aquatica, and what, go, and what would you recommend for it? We are traveling in July with an 8- and 10-year-old, and they like the water play areas, but I am thinking they may be a little too big for them. Well, the, um, the walkabout waters play area that we were talking about, that, that's really good for all ages. I would say a maximum of 15 years old. They'd probably have the best time, but you know, even adults are allowed there. So your children are fine there. The other kids' area is for um, under 48 inches. So they're going to be too big for that one. But for the walkabout waters, that huge playground, they're going to have a great time there. Eight and ten, that's a perfect gauge for it. That's the one with the big pails pails of water that dump. Yep. yep. You have to be under 15 to be there? 
No, 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 no. I'm just saying, you know, that that's about the the age group that I would think would have the best time there. They're probably going to think after the age of 15, I'm too cool for this. He was guesstimating. Yeah. Oh. But I mean, everybody can. It's they welcome everybody. I mean, there, there were parents going down these slides with I their said. kids. Yeah. I'd like to get the water dumped on me. I think Corey it, did. Yeah, I did. I think at that age, they'll they'll enjoy the other slides more. You know, they'll like the the more the they'll be able faster, to go on every ride. Yeah. Right, the faster slides, the things that are a little more exciting. But from the pictures I saw, I didn't get a chance to go there yet. The pictures I saw, that place is incredible. The kids area. That kids area is amazing. Yeah, so it is. looks like it's a lot of fun. Thank you, Corey. I have two. I'm going to read them back to back. Um, they both have to deal with the increase in the stroller price. And they're two different sides to the same issue. And I just wanted to sort of present both sides to everybody in the interest of fairness because I think our take on the stroller uh, price increase is that it's ridiculous and it's a lot of money and it's really hurting families and not a good good idea. So I wanted to sort of give, lend uh, an ear to the other voice. But let me start with one from Abby, and Abby's in Austin, Texas. Her email's real short. She says, I agree with you about the stroller cost. I'll buy or bring a cheap stroller and leave it there for someone else to use. Thank you for all you do. The second one is from Rodney in Crown Point, Indiana. Let me first say that I love your show. I wanted to comment on the stroller price increase. I think that Disney is only Disney not only is within its rights to raise the prices on these strollers, but it makes economic sense. This is the simple economics 101, supply and demand. There's such a huge demand for strollers, much of which is from families with older kids who really do not need them, that Disney can charge a premium price. Families that do not want to pay the premium price, they can easily purchase a pop-up stroller, Walmart, Target, or any other retailer, and not to mention on property. I'm very sorry to sound so negative in this, but Disney is, is in it for a profit, not a magic first, money second enterprise. If people want to make a difference and change the price of the stroller rentals, stop renting them. This will drop the demand and the price will follow. Once again, I just wanted to say that I really do enjoy your show, even though we disagree on this one issue. And Rodney, I think you make some good points. Disney is a for-profit organization, absolutely. Um, I don't think that the, the broad statement that the price is raised because people are just putting their older kids in there is a, is a fair statement. I think that families are renting these across the board but um, you know there's multiple sides to every story I think our outrage comes from the fact that it's such a large price increase and yeah if it was a dollar you know you can expect you know a dollar increase on on the over a course of time but when they jump it up as much as they did it's like oh my god I think that can be said of any business we're talking about businesses that are for profit right. I mean any business. Yeah. I want to know if the same thought process about them having the right to do this would be, hold true if it was milk. If you went to your local supermarket and found that the the supermarket had, um, for apparently no reason, and we're not talking here that strollers are out of season, or that the stroller crop failed. Or that you need gas to get the strollers to Disney every day. Right. We're talking about season. something that they already have. Right. So what if you went someplace where uh, a product had jumped 72% overnight, mm. and there seemed to be no apparent reason for it other than greed? And uh, so far, no one's given a good reason why Disney would do that other than it's okay because they can. So I think there's a difference here. I think a 72% increase for no apparent reason comes across as just greed, not 
a profit margin. Mm-hmm. That's my opinion. And I mean, you know, you you made a point on the boards the other day, Kevin, where you said uh, someone was talking about this, and you said, "Well, think about it. If it was something that maybe affected you, a lot of people who seem to not get it or or not as outraged by it don't have children, and so are saying, what's the big deal? Or this is all part of a business scheme." What was it the thing that you bought or you liked or you used went up this large amount? You might have a different view on well, the whole issue of the raisin. I, I find it interesting that Disney has just started selling the strollers also on property, which coincides pretty much with the up in price. So I, I personally think that they're trying to sell the strollers rather than... Oh, I agree. You well, know. you know, there's a, there's a question, too. What's making them more money? Renting the same product over and over again every day for $18 or selling one for 40 I would think renting the, the, the yeah. item makes more money than selling it. But who knows? I mean, again, you're getting into things that we're just speculating about. You know, I think the bottom line is that when something like this happens and it affects people's bottom line and what they can and can't enjoy on vacation... It really hits home with a lot of people, and we don't want people to be hurt or to have to think about skipping in another area just to afford a stroller. I have something else that I want to say about this topic, and it's kind of off topic, but it's my own little mini version of a rant. Uh, There's a great deal of speculation as to why Disney has done this, and one of the ideas is that Disney or people are putting older children, and there's been a great deal of discussion as to whether older children should ride, and invariably, as soon as this comes up, then you have the parent who feels the need to step forward and says, but you don't know that my children has a, a special need to be in the stroller. I have to say to those parents, you need to stop. You need to stop defending something that doesn't need to be defended. Whether or not your child is in a stroller is nobody's business. Mm -hmm. Whether or not you need a wheelchair is nobody's business. The American with Disabilities Act states that no one can ask you to prove that you need an assistance. Whether it be a stroller or a wheelchair or an ECV, no one is allowed to ask you. Stop defending this. You don't need to. It's nobody's business. And if anybody tells you, asks you about it, I would tell them. I probably wouldn't be as polite as you will, but I would tell them it's none of your business why I need it or want it. You do not have to defend this to anyone. Right. Uh, Rodney, thank you for your email, and uh, we certainly respect your opinion, and thanks for bringing something up that's a, a touchy subject. Um, the next person who's going to read an email is Will. All right. We're so excited. Sweet. He's, <clears throat> this one comes from uh, Chris Lindquist, and Chris is from New Jersey. He wants to know, he says, I'm looking for some help for our trip next week to MK. Uh, we will be there at Rope Drop. My question is about the laugh floor. Can we, ri- can we go ride Buzz? Get a FP for SM, and John's trying to trip me up with these. But I, <laughs> I figured them out. It's okay. Fast Pass for Space Mountain. Excellent. It could be Splash Mountain. <laughs> yeah, it could be Splash Mountain. Splash Mountain. But I think because of they're going over yeah. to Buzz, you go ahead. Okay. Good job. Uh, and then hit the laugh floor, or should we go straight to the laugh floor as we've never done this show? Um, how long is this show, and how many people will it seat? Did any of you do it, and what did you think? Uh, we did the ride in uh, DL two years ago and liked it. Thanks for the help. Excellent job. I was hoping he would screw up with you. You gave him too much time. <laughs> yeah, I let him read a few You gave him like 20 minutes to figure it out. Um, well, yeah. You guys want to talk about Laugh Floor? We like the Laugh Floor. 
We've been several times. There's never really been a long wait yeah. for it. We Mm-mm. usually go right in. It's a cute show. It's a large theater. It's going to see a lot of people do your other stuff first. Yeah. Then go back and do that. It's in the old Timekeeper exhibit, or the old Timekeeper attraction. So it, that, it, which was originally the Circle Vision Theater. It's a pretty big theater. Yeah, mm-hmm. nice. I think it's worth it, especially if you have kids. It's not something you have to rush to at, at rope drop or right after rope drop. It, it, Leave it for the afternoon sometimes. We, could, we actually have some people who want to know what rope drop is. Anybody want to explain that to people? Uh, I'll take a shot at it. Bob knows he's always there for rope drop. <laughs> rope drop. Uh, there's times that the Magic Kingdom will open at uh, 9 o'clock, but they start letting people in. Like they have the, the little show up front at like 8.45. So it lets everybody get up Main Street and into the hub area. And they have the ropes over at Adventureland, Tomorrowland, and Fantasyland. And what it is is they can they keep everybody there till nine o'clock, and they have a rope there, and they make the announcement, "Welcome to Magic Kingdom today," and they tell you not to run, and then they drop the rope, and everybody every, runs, and everybody runs. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that's that's the rope drop, and. Mostly people go and try to get to Splash Mountain first, or there's a big crowd that goes over to Tomorrowland and gets on uh, Space Mountain. And, you know, that's the least amount of time they're going to wait during that day. So Dumbo, too. Dumbo. Big one, yeah. yeah. If you have small kids, the best thing to do is go to Fantasyland first and... and uh, get Dumbo and Peter Pan out of the yeah. way. Peter, yeah, Peter Pan... Go and do first because Peter Pan is one of the slowest loading rides that Disney has at the Magic Kingdom. The only problem with that is occasionally you can ride with Mickey on Dumbo or one of the other characters. So that becomes an appeal to run back to Dumbo. That's why a lot of people do that. There's also the thing of waking up Tinkerbell and Tinkerbell's treasures. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I just missed seeing somebody do that, but... They they do that and were um, you racing to Tinkerbell's treasure no, with the little they, girls? But they also have <laughs> running them down. Yeah, <laughs> and the cut. they also have over like on Tom Herb hitting them out, <laughs> picking little girls out of the cow catcher on the front of the Easy Vane. Yeah, they just bounce off the side. But and then uh, going getting over to Tom Sawyer's Sawyer's Island to find the paintbrushes on Tom Sawyer's Island, too, is a big thing that people... I've been going to Disney World since 1971, and I just found out about that last year. Yeah. The paintbrushes or the rope rope drop? I know what rope drop is. That's kind of self-explanatory. They drop the rope. (laughs) Well, I mean... Bob got a 15-minute thing out of it, but... (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I didn't know what it was. Come on. So yeah. yeah, but you didn't know what an F- FP for SM was. Yeah, you've got 15 minutes to figure that out. <laughs> but I actually... Bob sh- finally got to burn somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God oh, you're no. here, Will. <laughs> you Thanks, Will. But I, I actually... I, I have shot a, a video, a short video of the ro- rope drop over at uh, Tomorrowland, and I'll try to get it up on, on YouTube for us this week. Bob has video of everything. <laughs> yeah. <so. laughs> Just as long as it's not the video of the robe drop. The rope. So. Is that awful? Or yes, what? thank you for the visual. <laughs> the, the speech pathologist is going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for reading that, Will. Thanks for being Somebody's a good got a sport. career out of it. We appreciate that. Who wants to go next? I will. I have one from Missy from Columbus, Indiana. 
and she writes. Uh, she's a freshman in college, and she's writing. Uh, she's doing a research paper on Walt Disney, and she thought it it would be cool to put a quote or two from the podcast crew in her paper, uh, and she's going to cite us as a source. And I'm going to be, be in the bibliography. This will be my second time. <laughs> she was going to call and leave a voicemail, but with Peter gone this week, uh, she was hoping that we would answer a question because her research paper is due in two weeks. So here's her question. If Walt were alive today, what do you think he would be most proud of about his company, uh, whether it's land, world, cruise line, movies, television, books, music, or anything? Also, what, would, what do you think Walt would be least proud of or expected the least of? Uh, she says, keep up the good work. So we're doing our homework for her. So uh, I, I've been thinking about it, and I thought about what he said in his opening of Disneyland pretty much tells, you know, what it is. And the company's really gone and done that uh, as far as... Um, yeah, all, this is quotable. Yeah, <laughs> no. It's it, he said to all who come to this happy place, welcome. Disneyland is your land here. Age uh, relives fond memories of the past, and here your youth may savor the challenge and promise of the future. And that's what Disneyland is. I mean, it's now and the future and the past, and you can go every day and experience all of that. And you. You know, you could do that in 1955 when he opened Disneyland, and you can still do it now in uh, 2008. I think Walt would be most proud of the fact of the sense of community that that thrives around Disney. Um, he was very interested in forward thinking, imagination, what mm. could be. And uh, while the Internet and the online community... And this isn't just self-serving because of who we are. I think he would be uh, very excited about the fact that um, so much legacy and lore and excitement and imagination has sprung up around something that he helped create. So I think he would be very proud of the sort of intangible part of Disney World. The fact that people uh, so love it so much that mm. they've created a, a community uh a cyber community of people who get together just to talk about what he did. And it's just not Disneyland anymore. It's also... It's worldwide. It's worldwide. It's Disney you know? Cruise Line, too. I think he'd be proud of Disney Cruise Line. Also, the advancements they've made in um, uh, animation, with computer animation and 3D, where they're going now. I think he would be... Um, you know, I, I like the hand-drawn animation, but I think Walt would respect you know, where they're going with it now. I agree about Disney Cruise Line. I think that he would be on any cruise he could go on Mm -hmm. at the age he would be now. But at the same time, I kind of disagree about the animation. I think he would be excited to see that we were, or that they were using this new animation. But I think he'd also be disappointed to see that they're not doing as many of the hand-drawn animated movies. You know, that's how he started. And I think that we need to see more of those. I'm going to have to agree with Corey. He was all about moving forward. What would be the next thing? What would be... But he also... I I see Julie's point in that he he never was stuck on one thing. He was always doing something new, but he would always incorporate other things in there. So I think that he would have said, listen, enough of just computer-drawn animation. Let's do now something else. Let's remember who we were Uh, and where we came from. I mean, that's how he invented the... uh, 
multi-plane camera. Multi-plane camera. I mean, he was pushing the envelope. Right. And However, not every movie and every scene was the multi-plane camera. Exactly. So he would use his other techniques. I think what would be most proud of the way the company has embraced technology and the new and the innovative, um, whether it's done right or not done right, one thing the Disney company has not done is shy away from trying the new things like computer animation, like the internet, um, going into other businesses like Cruise. So I think he'd be very proud of that, saying this, my legacy, his legacy was always that Disneyland was never finished. Well, you expand that out to the Walt Disney Company is never finished. So let's always take in anything we can and use that in our uh, uh, in bringing that in. I also think he'd be proud that Disney has expanded to. Oh, I just dropped my cat. That Disney. <laughs> there's a quotable line, isn't there? Wait a minute. Let's explain that a little bit. I was, I was playing with the cat Julie got us from. Actually, that's Pete's cat. Can we, can we drop Pete's can cat? We, can we continue explaining how big this cat is? Julie bought us each a lucky cat when she did her Japan store tour, and each of us has one in front of us where we sit during the podcast. John was playing with his cat. Anyway, I was saying is that I also think he'd be proud of the way the company has embraced diversity. I think that Walt was someone who wanted to be inclusive of all peoples, all races, all colors, and that the way the company has taken on that role, whether it be represented in their animation or the way that they treat their employees, I think he'd be proud of that. The other side of this, I'm going to go oh, first. Oh, oh, I have one more thing I think okay. Walt would be proud of. I think he'd really be proud of Animal Kingdom and, and what yeah, it's he about. He loved animals. And the way he loved animals, I think, I think he'd embrace that. I really do. Go ahead. I think Walt would be least proud of, and I don't mean to beat a dead horse, but this stroller increase is a great example of the fact that he felt this was an all-inclusive thing for all families to enjoy with their children. And I think he would be embarrassed by the fact that whatever the reason for this apparent greed of a 72% increase, I think he would be embarrassed by that. I also think he would be embarrassed by the things that we've pointed out over time show a decided lack of imagination. And that's things like putting the same Dumbo ride in several different attractions with a different spin on it. I think, as far as you said, with Animal Kingdom, I think Walt would be horrified by that little carnival section of Animal Kingdom. I think things like Expedition Everest would thrill him. However, I think some of the things where we see Disney put up, while it's not cheap... It's cheap in that it doesn't contain the same level of imagination as you come to expect from other places. So I think that would be something that would embarrass him. I have two that I think would embarrass him. Uh, Number one, I think he'd be embarrassed about the traditions training that is what it is now as compared to what it used to be. I don't think he'd enjoy having the people out there not having information about that. And the second thing is, I think he'd be embarrassed about Ohana's, Ohana's, and the meal there. Ohana's, Ohana's, Ohana's. Ohana. <laughs> That's that Irish bar in Polynesia. <laughs> you also have something else on your list that I want you to read. Okay, Mr. Toad is gone. I have to agree with that. I know that you guys don't enjoy it as much as I do, but that is a fabulous ride. And The Wind in the Willows is my favorite book. <laughs> 
I, I originally left it off. I thought maybe you you were going to jump in on it, but you did jump in on it. So those are okay. If we're that going that far, then I think you should bring the Mickey Mac, Mickey Mac, the Mickey Mac, the <laughs> Mickey Mouse review back from Tokyo Disneyland. We want it back. You've had it long enough. Give it back. <laughs> <laughs> See, I knew that. Sleeping Beauty doesn't up. need it over there. Give it to us. Right. <laughs> Do you want it back, Julie and Corey? How about you guys? Any what would Walt not be proud of today, or not be? I said mine. Did you? Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> he probably got selling off all his land he worked so hard to get. Mm. I think that's a good point in that, you know, why are you bringing in these other interests and why are you unincorporating yeah. the land that I tried to get? Why are you outsourcing? We can do it ourselves. Yeah. I think Walt would be disappointed in the way the company has chosen to use his name on a lot of inferior products. Mm-hmm. He was a pioneer in marketing. He used marketing to his advantage, created the Mickey Mouse watch and these and the lunchbox and all that to raise the money to do the things he wanted to do. But I think he would have recognized that at some point it's not just about making money. Let's make sure that what we have is quality and not um, just put my name on something to put my name on something. So that's my take on that. That's an excellent email. Thanks for reading that, Bob. Thanks, Missy. I hope you get a good grade. I hope you get some quotes out of that. Um, Missy, if you need something else, write to the podcast email if you need something else from us for your paper. Hey, my, uh, Missy, we'd like to read your paper, too. Yeah. yeah, And at least tell us what grade you got on it. I also want to say I'm so proud of her. She's working in advance. Some college students don't do that. <laughs> you mean your paper's not due Wednesday? <laughs> exactly. Her, her paper's due in two weeks. I, I don't know if how That's long out for <laughs> Yeah. I really? used to start mine the night before. <laughs> <laughs> She's a Hoosier. She's from Indiana. So. She's, She's got good values. Oh, <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> Ooh, way to get one in there, Will. Nice. Take one for the team. I have a saying. I, I was going to minor in procrastination, but I kept putting it off. <laughs> Who has another email? I do. Um, this one comes from Joseph Carter in Cornwall in the U.K. Dear everyone at Dis Unplugged, I'm 19 years old from the UK and have been to Disneyland Paris a few times, but since the age of five, I have wanted to go to Disney World. I've been obsessed with getting there for 14 years. Now I'm a student at university and my family and I have spent my student loan, I'm now living off crumbs, on a trip in September of 2008. I'm so excited about going to Disney and America, finally. I don't have many friends that understand my Disney dorkiness. So when last Christmas I received an iPod, I was surprised to hear about the the Diz Unplugged. I have to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you is really big, by the way. (laughs) You found the big (laughs) one. So very much for what all of you do for people like me. It has made my time waiting for this holiday of a lifetime fly by. It's a great source of information, fun, and magic. There's Peter the Golden Voice, John the Sly Wit, Kevin the Honest, Julie the Kind, Corey the Cool, and Bob the Brilliant. What? You all are great together. Is that in big letters? No. (laughs) It's in really small letters that are really pale. (laughs) At least I got it mentioned. You all are great together, and I feel as though I have a group of friends across the pond. Thank you for every week taking time to think of the fans. Best wishes and dreams, Joseph. thought that was really nice. He's another Anthony in the world, and the fact that he's 19 years old and he's just now getting to come to Disney World, I thought was really cool for him, you know. I understand completely. Joseph, yeah. I have the same feeling, and I'm much older than you. <laughs> if, so, I, if I could get a student loan to go to Disneyland Paris, I'd do that. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I don't really think these are the best values we want to put out there. <laughs> don't be spending the rent money <laughs> to come to Disneyland. Well, 
I bet probably he paid for his tuition and then whatever was left over went towards the trip. I'm hoping. Oh, but, she is kind, isn't she? <laughs> Plus, she'll um, get a good, ex- go a gets a good exchange rate. Hey, depending on certain things, he might get a lot of money in student loans. You never know. I'm telling you, if I could get a student loan to go to Disneyland Paris, I'd have one in no time. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin's going to go back and get his He's going to go look up to see how I we... might matriculate just to go to Disneyland Paris. <laughs> <laughs> so, congratulations on getting to come this year in September, and I hope you and your family have a really fabulous time. Before we move along, we have to say hello to Anthony. Hi, Anthony. And hi, Joseph. Who's next? I have one from Betty, a.k.a. Betty Ann 29 on the boards. She's from Bedford, Texas. Hey, podcast crew, just curious. Where do you guys and Julie typically go for vacation? I know your listeners generally go to Orlando to go to Walt Disney World or Universal, but since you guys and Julie live there, where do you go? Well, um, I guess we can all go around the table. Uh, we actually like going to Key West. That's one of our, our places we like to go to escape and relax. I think we went there three times last year. <laughs> In the past two years now. Yeah. The, we also travel to Louisiana a good bit because our family's there. Yeah, when we go to Louisiana, it's mainly to uh, to visit our family, but we do try to go to New Orleans and play tourist a little bit, walk around there like we, we don't know what's going on. And you know, last year, we, we went on a non-Disney Mediterranean cruise. We enjoyed that, and we've been to New York once. Yeah. But most of all, we go... You know, we go to Disney World. <laughs> How about you, Kevin? Well, we talked about it on the podcast. John and I and my family went to New Jersey last week or last year for a couple of weeks. John and I like to take quick little getaways to Vegas. Mm-hmm. And John and I and Bob and Diana and some of our other friends like to take uh, go on cruises. So we uh, do that a lot. And John and I went to Italy. I like going on the cruises. So do we. I think it's just about getting away. It doesn't really, your destination isn't as important as getting away. And however, when, when I didn't live here, it would be all about coming here. It would be all about coming to Orlando. It always was all about coming to Orlando. And you know what's funny is not we know that Pete's a huge Disneyland fan, and we're not as big a Disneyland fan as he is. But we've been talking about it lately. Well, that's because he's there. Yeah, it's almost and like we should go out there and experience that. Excellent. Well, if you could afford to go on vacation, where would you go? <laughs> Besides Indiana with your good values. He's a poor college student, <laughs> poor guy. Probably be somewhere out of the country, just a little cruise. The, the Keys or somewhere. I've never been out of the country. Only they're actually I... considered part of the country, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, they have an annex jet. Well, they did once, but they're back. Thanks, Will. You're taking the heat off me this Thanks. week. It's because you're sitting close to Bob, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. He's oh, rubbing yeah. off on me. <laughs> don't no, forget, I'm helping you move this week. So <laughs> yeah. you be nice to me. Bob, stop rubbing Will. <laughs> I, I enjoy when I go on vacation I go home for the race and that gives me time to see my dad and my friends and family and it's just a weekend at the track and to me that's that's a lot of fun what's the race <laughs> yeah. the Indianapolis 500 right does anybody oh, hey, you gotta put it in gaming <laughs> terms <laughs> next month <laughs> cars yeah. race I um, like that Corey instead of layman's gaming gaming's terms yeah. <laughs> I mean that's that's in there that's up on the list over it in that area for the 500, right? That's the racing capital of the world, buddy. Bob, yeah. where do you Daytona. take Diana? Well, before we go on, I just want to make sure that Will understands that we'll probably get him on a couple of cruises. I think that that's safe to say, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's a whole group oh, of people yeah. out there who are counting on that. <laughs> well, I mean, even before then, I'm sure we'll get you. <laughs> um, yeah, if I could afford to go, that's probably what I would do. We'll right get now. you on some Disney cruises. you got to experience the product to understand it. So, And you have to find the hiding places. Yeah. So you definitely need to do an advanced one. <laughs> Go ahead, Bob. 
Well, like I said, uh, you, Kevin said I like to go cruising, and we actually ended up going on a cruise to Alaska that you guys didn't get on, and we enjoyed that a lot. Uh, I enjoy going out to Southern California and uh, also Las Vegas and doing short trips out there. Uh, I, in the future, I'm looking forward to trying to do some uh, – time down in San Diego because I just think San Diego is a just a beautiful area to and there's a lot to see in down that way. So but I'm sure I'll be on a couple of cruises in the next you know year. I think our next big vacation I'm going to speak I'm all ears. Where are we going? <laughs> I think it'll be on one of the cruises like Julie and Corey took. Yeah, I think we, we're that was incredible. We have a passport now that's kind of burning a hole in yeah. our pocket. Don't you feel that way? Yeah, I do. You feel like, oh, I actually went through the travel and leisure this week while I was sunbathing, and I told him I was looking for our next vacation spot. I think I found it. It's in Greece. Um, <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> you see, I, I have the itch to go back to Italy. He does too. See, I enjoyed that we, we were able to see all those different places by way of a cruise we got on the cruise ship we unpacked and for 12 days we didn't have to unpack we had our room for yeah. us i have to say there. last night at universal we went to see ll cool j and someone walked past me and they had not bathed in several days i had a flashback of croatia <laughs> <laughs> oh god like, we're gonna get hate mail from croatia now <laughs> <laughs> smells like team croatia <laughs> But I also wanted to add, we you know, love, we love Croatia, though. We do. Oh, we did love it absolutely. They just one of our you know. favorite people on the Disney Cruise Line is from Croatia, and his name is Dalibor, and he's a server in Palo, mm. Mm. and he's just a lovely human being. Well, you know, there's Disney World and Orlando, and you know, other places in Florida. But I want to explore other areas like islands off of Florida or St. Augustine, which neither one of us have been since we were children. Um, what's it called? Sanibella or something like that. Sanibel Island. Yeah. Sanibel Island. Yeah. My, my friend Mike came down here last uh, fall and I got a chance to go over and spend a day over there. It's a beautiful place. And there's, I'm sorry. Bob went to the seashell capital of the world. And came back with a bag of seashells that he bought. There's a reason for that. I said to him, "Did you find these on the beach?" No, I found them in a gift shop. Oh my god, Bob! You got see. I am oh, a no, true no. shell hunter. Wait. I hunt for my shells. I go out into the water neck deep and I dig with my toes. <laughs> she does. does Okay, there's there a was a quote. I hope Missy was listening. Now, <laughs> hold on here. The reason I had to buy shells is, number one, I only had one day there, and I had to, I had to make... <laughs> and he's too lazy to go out on the beach and try to find sorry. some. I picture yeah, Julie up to her neck digging with her toes. <laughs> I'm not lying. I really do. I'm not, I'm not accusing you of lying. I want to hear more about Bob's time management issues. <laughs> you didn't have enough time to go. <laughs> I only had a little time. I, I did get some shells off the beach, but they weren't. They weren't these really neat-looking shells that I could buy in a gift shop for four bucks. <laughs> I got mine for free. All I had to do was use my feet. I got four bucks, and I got to go and do other stuff. That's how he the shells with his feet. <laughs> and I, I didn't get the Sanibel Stoop, I think it's called. Sanibel Stoop. Yeah, from bending over, and everybody had their backs. You also have bend to, at the knees. <laughs> you also have to get up and do this with the tide, and sometimes the tide comes in really early. Yeah, I mean, all the shells were gone. They they already picked them all and 
took him to the gift shop. <laughs> I, I didn't have a chance. I had to go pay four bucks for this they big put him out like Bob an Easter egg hunt. Bob came out with this <laughs> enormous selection of shells, and I was really impressed. I was like, "You found these on the beach? I well, we found them in a gift shop." <laughs> Well, it was only four bucks. I talked her down from seven. It's like <laughs> haggled for the show. If you don't take the money out with your feet, I'll give them to you for less. Exactly. And I had a coupon, too. It was like two for one. So uh, the other, but I think there's a lot of places in Florida that we really haven't had a chance to explore, like you said, uh, St. Augustine and... Sanibel, and then also, you know, I mean, there are tons of little beaches. There's Indian Rock and all those other sorts of places. So, and Diana wants to go to Hawaii soon, so... That's that's, not in Florida. I understand that, but she wants to go to... It is part of the United States, though. Yeah, thanks, Diana. (laughs) And, but... You didn't think you were going to just get away without anything, right, right? We want to go there and, and do the islands by cruise ship because mm-hmm. again like in it's europe yeah. your hotel room goes with you and it's, it's so much easier to to do that you know if i'm going to travel that far i'm going the other way what do you mean by i'm that? going to reach europe yeah well diana has tried that and to answer for peter he wants to go to australia there I, you I, I know that is one of his wishes so even if you live here you know, i don't think you ever have the idea that you're ever going to just stay here and keep going to Disney World every day. You're still going to want to go somewhere else for vacation. Yep. The rest of the world calls. Excellent. All right. Who has another email? I do. This Uh-oh, one. Oh, this one has Uh-oh. a little red marker on it. This is <laughs> all kinds of stuff. This is from, highlighted. This is from Bonnie, and she's from San Diego, California. The whole wait, email wait, is highlighted. The whole if thing. You, is if I, you highlight the whole thing, what's the point of highlighting? <laughs> I drew lines through things here. It's not all highlighted. You're not using your highlighter time appropriately. <laughs> There's parts of this I am not going to read. I say, I've never seen anyone highlight the whole text. <laughs> the highlight spray can. See the lines? I got it over. <laughs> Why did you just put it down on yellow paper next time? <laughs> I, have, I have this highlighter that's four inches wide. And so it was swipe. one swipe. One swipe. Actually, it's two swipes. When he opens it, we all pass out. <laughs> Bob, that's called the paintbrush. That's not a highlighter. Oh. Anyway, this is from Bonnie from San Diego, California. And she says, uh, what did she say? I can't Apparently read Apparently, it. it's very important. <laughs> you need sunglasses. <laughs> First of all, I wanted to let... You know how much I appreciate the inclusion of Disneyland in your podcast. Whether it is a news item, rapid fire, or review of Disneyland, you are always up to date on what is going on out here. Uh, As an annual pass holder for Disneyland, I really enjoy hearing you speak about Disneyland. And uh, that brings me to my question. As you know, It's a Small World is closed for a lengthy refurbishment, and the latest news is that Walt Disney Imagineers is planning on placing classic Disney characters in the ride. There has been a lot of heated discussion flying around the Internet. Mostly folks are very angry about it. I was wondering what all of your opinions are. Do you think this is a good move by Disney to freshen up a dull and aging attraction, or do you believe that the ride should be left alone? Uh, That is nothing more than a marketing ploy, by Disney to sell more plush toys and homogenize the parks and rides. I am really interested in what you guys feel about it. So uh, this has really gotten into a a big topic 
about what they're doing. And one of the things that happened was um, the Blair family that originally designed the ride. Mary Blair was Mary the Imagineer. Blair was the Imagineer for the ride. They actually came out and sh- she did an open letter uh, chastising Disney for for what the rumors were flying around that's going to happen to it. And what ended up happening once she did her letter is Marty Sklar, Sklar? Sklar. Sklar did an open letter saying that some of the things, there were inaccuracies in some of the rumors that were out there. So uh, Disney firing back with Marty right away was, you know, really big on that. I kind of straddle the fence on this. Well, let me let me read you what Marty wrote, just so that we all know what sort of is sort of the company line on this. Based purely on rumors that are mostly inaccurate, we are being criticized for touching another one of Walt Disney's classics. To make it's a small world even more relevant to our guests, we decided to seamlessly integrate Disney characters into appropriate thematic scenes into the attraction and do it completely in a distinctive Mary Blair style. We all agree that It's a Small World is a Disney classic, but the greatest change agent who ever walked down Main Street at Disneyland was Walt himself. In fact, the park had not been open 24 hours when Walt began to plus to plus Disneyland, and he never stopped. Now, this is Marty's exact words on the subject. So I think, you know, it's, it's true. They are going to change It's a Small World. They are going to put Disney characters into it. I don't believe it's the extreme... That we're hearing the rumors are that you know there's going to be this entire new up with America, like Lightning McQueen is going to be in there right, somewhere, right? This whole new room that's not going to be the case, they're going to be integra- integrated a little more accurately. And they're falling back on the idea that Walt said Disneyland would never be finished. So I, I straddle the fence, I'm a huge fan of It's a Small World and Mary Blair's art. Uh, Mary Blair also did uh, the um. The murals uh, on the fourth floor in the Contemporary all over the Grand Canyon Concourse. Uh, Those are Mary Blair works. And I'm a huge fan. However, the same argument was made when they decided to change Pirates of the Caribbean. I was going to bring that up. And after seeing it, everybody pretty much had the same thought. Wow, this looks good. So as long as they're not doing things that are blatantly obvious, again, as long as it, I I think people will be okay with it as long as it doesn't come across as a merchandising ploy. And I think she's right about selling more plushes. Again, and I'm being facetious here. As long as they don't stick Lightning McQueen to, uh, you know, let the new, uh, when they re-release cars or something like that. From what I've heard, one of the things that I've sort of seen talked about is they're going to put Alice in Wonderland and the White Rabbit in the England part of It's a Small World, but it's going to be done as a Mary Blair kind of thing because Alice came from Lewis Carroll, who was an English writer, so it's kind of that does fit with the theming. And I I kind of straddle the fence with it. It's a wait and see kind of thing. I think I would be more up in arms if I thought they ruined a Walt, a Walt Disney World or a Disneyland attraction rather than just changed it because I think they did a superb job with Pirates. I, I agree. They they really did do a good job with Pirates. And, and the Haunted Mansion just recently. Exactly. And, you know, the same argument was made for those two rides too. Oh, my God, it's going to be bad. And I think we just need to wait and see what they did and, you know, what they're going to do. And... I think the biggest thing was that Up With America 
part of the ride. I, from what Marty was saying, it's, that's not going to happen. Right. So, so, you know, I, I, I'm on the fence too, Kevin. Until we see what it's actually all about. So, that's it. Thank you, Bob. Pete saw sure Marty. Pete saw Marty at the uh, Grand Californian when he was checking in. Did he really? Yeah. That's someone who I would ask for an autograph. I'm not a big starstruck kind of guy, but I would ask for Marty's autograph. I, I still think, and we've talked about this before, one of the highlights of my life was we went to a convention at Walt Disney World a couple of years ago, and the final event was a an address to the entire assemblage by Marty Sklar. And I think he talked for an hour and 15 minutes, and I literally, I myself could have stayed for another six or seven hours if he would have just kept talking. I found him fascinating and delightful to listen to. It's one of the highlights of my life. That was during the 25-year Epcot thing, wasn't it? No, it was Uh, during the earmarked convention. The earmarked travel agents. I still regret not asking Roy for his uh, autograph. Yeah, we were standing right next to him. Right, right by him. You should have. Yeah, you know, I'm a little shy when it comes to stuff like that. Yeah, it was like... That was for Mission Space. And if he'd have told me no, I'd have been heartbroken. So, but if I would have been with him, he'd be like, "Julie, ask him for his autograph." Go, 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 go. <laughs> oh, that's absolutely true. Kevin does all the dirty work. <laughs> Can't go to get their autograph. <laughs> I'm not particularly starstruck either, except for Samantha Brown. Um, but I, he was, he's a fascinating man, mm. Marty Sklar. Who has another email they want to read? I'm done. I do. Okay. Mine's from Shane Snyder. In Princeton, Minnesota. I emailed you guys earlier today with a comment and forgot to add my actual question. Oops. The weather updates are quite helpful as I am a huge planner. I'm one of those people who does actually know what restaurant I will be eating at 90 days in advance. (laughs) My question is this. Between February and April, which has the nicest weather? I'd like to visit in April because of the Flower and Garden Festival. But my wife would like to visit in February because it's her birthday and value season is also a draw. March is out of the question because of crowds and prices being jacked up for spring break. Thanks. I figured the six of you would be best to ask since you all live there. In my opinion, February. I agree. Um, April, you're still going to have some spring breakers there. I know Flower and Garden is a draw, but hey, it's your wife's birthday. Be nice. Also, April can get hot. Yes. And rainy. And rainy, yeah. So you you really, February to me is always the nicest Keep in mind, too, though, February will have President's Week in there and, and some other breaks in there. So you may have some crowds, depending on when you're going to travel. Yeah, early February, you, you, you'll get some price breaks. Now, if you're coming to swim, you can run into cool weather in February. But they're from Minnesota. They're going to swim if it's 50 degrees. Exactly. <laughs> my, my point being was, I myself find it much easier to tour the parks mm-hmm. when the weather's really nice. Yeah. When it gets to be, you know, surface, surface of the sun hot... You, everybody gets cranky and ornery, and yeah. this is it, February is a much easier time to walk around. Yeah. I mean, uh, we were in Epcot the other night, uh, last Friday night, and it was just a gorgeous night, and it, it was a great day. Julie, do you have a Should weather update? Yes, everybody feel I better. Have, I have a weather update today. It's sixty three degrees here, and it is ugly and rainy. Yep, very yeah. ugly. Um, but I will let you know that uh, Thursday. It's supposed to be beautiful and sunny and 78 degrees, That's low 59, right. yeah. so that'll be kind of a nice day. And then on Friday, it's going to be 81 with some clouds and a low of 62. But the beginning of the week is supposed to be cold. Well, it's Wednesday. What? Right. We're recording this, this is, on Sunday, but we're... Oh, never mind. It was. <laughs> By the way, Bob, it's Wednesday. <laughs> 
That's all right. Tuesday was really cold. It was in the 40s at night. <laughs> so you didn't miss anything. Thank you, Nostradamus. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a prediction when it was yesterday. Well, that doesn't count. <laughs> it's called history. It's oh. I was, uh, let me get my don't, don't go ball. applying for any jobs or anything. We don't need to know what happened yesterday. I put the crystal ball back in the bag. I'm going to read the final email of our show. This one is from Todd. And Todd writes, Hi, Pete, and all the rest of the gang. Pete, I didn't think how weird it would seem until you answered the phone. (laughs) My name is Todd, Geef on the Boards. I thought it would be funny to leave a voicemail on your phone. When I heard you answer, I immediately thought about stalker level and what stalker level I might have considered. As soon as I heard your voice, I forgot the so-called clever thing I was going to say. I'm in my 40s, and I don't always remember how twisted our world is nowadays. You are safe. I called from Chicagoland. <laughs> I'm not going to come and search you out, even for a cruise. You happened to mention that you would be in California and then said the name of the hotel. I thought I would give it a try. I kind of expected not to find you, thinking you'd be listed under Scar's name. <laughs> he will be from now on. I don't or think, Barney Rubble. <laughs> and I don't even think I know Scar's last name. Sorry if I freaked you out. A quote-unquote normal fan. Apparently, Todd called Pete at his hotel in California. <laughs> I have not talked to Pete about it, so I don't know exactly what happened, but I have a feeling that from now on we're not telling you all where we're staying. Yeah, there'll be no way. If we're going to Key West, we're going to say we're in Canada. <laughs> we, really, we really like meeting people, and we love it when you approach us in the parks and talk to us and things like that. And I think Todd realizes that He's tracking us down in our hotel room. That maybe a line was crossed. Especially, Freaky. Especially when we were there sort of, quote unquote, by ourselves. Right. You know, it'd be different if the six of us were traveling together, but... Safety in numbers. Yeah, exactly. He <laughs> actually yeah. told me he was very nice, though. <laughs> and I, I think he's already realized, ah, crap, look what I did. <laughs> I can't wait to see the blog. The phone call. Todd, we appreciate your email. And thanks for letting us laugh with you. Well, that's it for this week's edition of the Diz Unplugged email edition. We hope you guys enjoyed it. We're looking forward to Pete coming back next week and taking back over the big chair. He had said that he's going to do voicemails more next week, I think. Uh, I'm not going to gonna promise up. anything until oh, okay. we know for sure. Um, that's it. Hope everybody has a great week. See ya. Bye.